For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. <clears throat> you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And I'm giving you the libertarian perspective on Trump's pulling out of the Paris Accord. I actually have libertarian solutions. And here's a a hot sports opinion. I think that if we had a libertarian society, a society that recognizes absolute property rights, then we would not have environmental problems at all if we do. Um, But to the extent we do... Like pollution is a real is a real thing, and uh, and there was a libertarian answer to that. I, it, the great Murray Rothbard, Mister Libertarian, uh, in one of his fantastic uh, historical and economic works, I can't remember the name of, he talked about how during the Industrial Revolution, people were suing for trespass that a factory would spew smog and stuff. It would get on your trees. Remember, you you learned in school how like the black moths were survived when there was soot and then when they cleaned it up the white moths survived is like an evolution thing because white moths on the black soot would get picked off by birds i just remember that whole thing well if your tree turned black because of soot from a factory you could sue the factory and it either had to shut down or clean or compensate or whatever strict enforcement of property rights was keeping pollution in check then the government stepped in and said we can't do that anymore you cannot sue for that because it's too. we need industry too much. So it's really not recognizing people's property rights. And then the solution is always, uh, so they take away your property rights. People don't take care of property then. And then they say, oh, we need to step in and have total control over everybody's property so that they don't abuse the environment. Just from a, a really theoretical level, a free society with absolute property rights would not have these kind of problems so it's really that tragedy of the commons you know where the less the land is owned by an individual with responsibility the less it's cared for but there there are a lot of specifics issues and environmental issues that i can answer with libertarian solutions i'm happy to field any of those questions uh but there are other things going on too so you can call me with those uh, or other comments, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. If that's busy, go to 800. Uh, <laughs> those are both numbers. If the 404 number is busy, try the 800 number. Or you could tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Uh, but things that are happening locally, Greg Allman's funeral is today in Macon, and that bums me out. I saw the last Allman Brothers shows in The Beacon in New York, couple of years ago, um, so he's being laid to rest there today, next to his brother. And um, 
the big political news, local news, is the 6th District, Flip the 6th. Everybody's listening to that. WSB is having a debate. WSB TV and WSB Radio is going to cover it Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. And the actual election day is June 20th, although it started already. But the, the what's so interesting about it is it's the most expensive congressional race ever. They have... Uh, there's just it's so important for the Democratic establishment in this country. All the millennials and snowflakes and everything are mobilizing from coast to coast. Uh, Binkley, my producer Binkley is here. He was telling me that they have people from uh, as far away as Berkeley, California, uh, calling people here with prepared script trying to get them to vote for us off. And I, I just was laughing because when you see behind the scenes how political operatives work, the Democrat machine, I don't know about the Republican, but when I was in D.C. marching against Obamacare and all the, the government workers, professionals I'm talking about, were contemptuous towards us for wanting small government, for not wanting them to run our lives. And I just have this vision that the people who are calling from their ivory towers, even if they're even if they're just privileged students at Berkeley, like the people who go there, obviously that's where all the protests are taking place, whatever. They're making an effort on social media and and whatever to make this an emotional Ossoff must win, you know? And I know, Binkley, were you telling me that even just uh, when you were on social media and people were freaking out, was this, was it a local contact? What, what was the, it was, a, it was about the Ossoff race on a, you know, kind of locally frequented social media. Yeah, somebody outlet. asked a question. They just wanted to know, you know, what you would want to talk to Ossoff and Karen Handel about during the debate. And I responded with a question that I'd like to know a little bit more about his father. Why is his father never talked about? And I got attacked by a gaggle of clearly people working for the Ossoff campaign, according to their profile pictures. Uh, oh, wow. So real trolls. Well, that story, you and I talked about that. Uh, last week on the show, and then we also did a podcast about it. So if anybody wants to go to propagandareportdaily.com, they'll be able to look at our kind of episode list. The last couple of episodes talks about that. Because really, Ossoff has all these deep state connections, deep state and international even. You were saying his business, his education is all in England. Um, and, uh, he, you know, his father, what was his father's business? It was about like tax what what's his business? What is that business you were telling me about? It's called Stafford Publications, and they they deal with specialized intelligence. They teach big big companies and you know people that have the money how to deal with stuff like the tax code, how to master the tax code, how to. How so to, the fact that the tax code is super complicated gives people who can afford this service an advantage. Yes. Against their competitors, mm -hmm. right? But it also gives the guy who provides the service a source of income. Yeah. So a less complicated tax code would cost his dad money. Is that what? Are you going? Exactly. Are you saying that? That am I interpreting correctly? That's what you're what saying? That's what I. That's what. That's I your conclusion. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I can imagine what you see. You throw, did you throw anything like that out there? Did, is that what triggered the snowflakes? I might have insinuated a little bit. <laughs> As to why <laughs> I was politics, asking the That this guy isn't in it to serve us? Exactly. That you don't think, you know, I'm not defending Karen Handel, but this guy's whole story is, I'm I'm here to serve, I am not like a, a, a person who would serve his own interests. Right. 
One person's argument was, because I said something about his father working for McKinsey and Company, the big global consulting firm, and he said that intelligent people work there, that should be something good, something that shows his intelligence. And I said, if that's the case, then how come they're not talking about it? How come they're yeah. not relating that? Yeah, right. Bragging about it, yeah. because you can quickly, more quickly scratch the surface. Anyway, I don't want to... Uh, throw out innuendos. I just, it just seems this whole idea like I'm, you know, your good old boy who's, you know, trying to modernize the Atlanta. It's like, no, I, yeah. I mean, there is a chance that in fact you're trying to, you're working for outside parties since they are paying for you. Uh, so um, I did say anything goes. So let's take some more calls. 800 WSB Talk is the best way to reach me. I'm going to Jerry in Fatville. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Monica. I love your show. I wish it was on every day. Yay. Thank but you. I, I heard you. T- I, I tuned in late, and I heard you talking about John Ossoff. He doesn't even live in his district. He's running. In my opinion, that's it's kind of voter fraud. I think you should own property in the district you're running for office. That is so interesting. I have to say, I don't know if I, I have time to bring out this idea, but one uh, when I was thinking about the environmental issue, I remembered that Patrick Henry talked about how. If we don't have a farming society, if we don't have an agrarian society, we will not be able to keep the American experiment. We will not be able to have limited government. You need people to own property to feel like they are invested in this place. And that and my argument was that and and they actually that was the justification for having property ownership rules to vote, not just to run, but to vote. Just move in with your girlfriend and you can run for office. It doesn't make sense. I, one more question after you finish there I'd like to ask. Go. Uh, yeah, I always wondered. I, I'm 66 years old. My whole life, I always thought to run for president in this country, you had to first prove that you're a natural-born citizen, show your birth certificate. And then Obama comes and runs for office, inaugurated, and then two years later, he shows a birth certificate. Which... Which, the one that they showed, I believe, I really think they were messing with the world. I, I actually don't, I think he was born here. I don't know. I don't, my problem was that we elected a socialist, not where he came from. Although, like, well, I am. Why would you have to show that before you run? I mean, if yes. I go get my driver's license, they don't let me drive for two years before I show my birth certificate. I know. The laws are not enforced. And I know people didn't like it when I was saying this, but Ted Cruz also. He did not, I mean, he really, that would have been a true constitutional crisis because I think both of his parents were Canadian citizens and not U.S. citizens when he was born. But he could have resolved that very easily by showing proof. Same thing with Obama. Uh, And I think the bottom line is we're simply, we don't, our, they don't uphold the laws anymore. No, I mean, what's more important than the president of the United States? It's a form of voter fraud. I mean, a guy living, moving in with his girlfriend, to me, People should be up in up in arms protesting this. Yeah, I, I don't like it either. And I, I think it's funny because I didn't expect this to dovetail with the climate thing. But but it all comes down to being invested in where you are and in having this Brad Rad tweeted to me like the word environment is misused. That environment is really the area that surrounds you. It's that there's no global environment. You have your environment and even an animal even a wild animal takes care of its environment. You know, it takes care of it, keeps his little nest clean. You know, so so this idea of local power, local attachment is 
is this the root of this kind of taking care of your environment of husbanding your environment and also of caring about the laws that you bring because if you don't have to live with those laws or you live in a place where uh he's gonna live in dc the laws he personally wants or his maybe his parents business is connected to england or whatever the laws he personally wants are going to be um not the ones that his neighbors would want if he lived there. So it's an interesting point. I like it. Um, lots more calls. I am going to Richard next, but I got to take a, uh, and Melanie, I got to take a quick break. 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. 70% chance of shower or thunderstorms tomorrow, high of 82. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And uh, kind of anything goes, so we'll uh, just take some calls. 800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Anthony in Snellville. Anthony, you are on with Monica. Uh, good afternoon, ma'am. Uh, yes, ma'am. I do not live in the 6th District, but I really think, and I believe that uh, Karen Hindle is going to win it hands down. Really? Why? Well, I know y'all had some on the news this afternoon. Y'all had where the polls showed that it's pretty even. But yep. I, I'll go back to what I heard on your station a couple of days ago. They had one poll that showed, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Ossoff? Yes, that he was up 51-44. I saw right that. Then it, right then and there, I thought, well, Hendel's got it. Uh, what? So you thought Hendel had it? Yes, Hendel. Even she though she it. was trailing in that poll? Yes, ma'am. I don't believe that was a true poll. Oh. Yeah, but here's the problem, Anthony. This is why I find it very difficult to predict outcomes based on how I think people are going to vote. Is that I'm not sure I believe the votes are fully counted. I, I think um, a couple of people told me there are lawsuits out there to not, there is a lawsuit out there to not allow uh, Georgia to use their electronic voting machines because they are so flawed that they want to go back to verifiable or paper voting. I'm a huge fan of paper voting, verifiable voting. Uh, but I, I don't, I can't even just like try to feel the, the spirit of the people because I'm not sure that's going to be reflected in the vote count. So are you saying that when they count the votes that it might be rigged some way? Like, yeah, I, I, not, not the vote. Well, won't they have yeah. like uh, posters there, you know, from both parties? Yes. Making sure that it is accurate. And- I was one of those people once. I didn't see anything. I sat there for 12 hours. I read an entire novel. They just walked past me with boxes that were closed. I'm telling mm. you, I wouldn't even have known if somebody... Uh, you know, uh, stole set, like it was crazy. I, I wasn't happy with it. I'd never done it before. Somebody wrote to me yes, and I was ma'am. like, okay, I'll sit here and, and do that. Uh, but there was no instruction like you need to make sure 15 boxes come in. You need to check this off. It was you need to sit there and at the end sign that you sat there. And I did, you know, but I was horrified by it. That was the when Kasim Reed won the first time against Mary Norwood, you know, he, when he became mayor. That was the election I sat there. So... If they go back and sue, there should be verification. Uh, so many more calls. If you're on hold, I'll get to you next. Hang on. Tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Talking about a few different things. 
This week's uh, big news was Trump withdrew from the Paris Accord. I thought the Paris Accord was a nothing burger, and I think his withdrawal is a nothing burger. The only thing I'm really worried about is that he's saying and tweeting and retweeting other people saying that they're going to renegotiate it, that it's another repeal and replace. (laughs) I cannot face that. So we shall see the true meaning of Trump when things like that come down the road. Let's see five years from now if we are in a more or less binding agreement on this stuff. I hate it. The, The solution to environmental problems is libertarian in nature, starting with, you wouldn't even have to have this perfect libertarian society, but the government creates growth, excess growth, unsustainable growth, promotes consumption in a few different ways that that create this problem, that if you want to talk about burning too much carbon, one thing they do is they depress interest rates, that encourages growth. It encourages people to um, spend money and build things, and maybe they you know, wouldn't build as much if interest rates were higher. Uh, infrastructure spending. Government spending on infrastructure subsidizes transportation, subsidizes commerce. Uh, in, it, it makes people choose to transact rather than choose to stay home and play cards with their kids. Foreign wars. Soften up oil markets, make it easier for us to get foreign oil, drives down the price of oil. That also promotes this kind of artificially promotes growth. Debt subsidies, direct subsidies, um, tax write-offs, all these kind of things promote real estate development. I'm not saying you don't benefit from that. I'm not saying that people don't want growth and jobs and everything. But what I'm saying is people like an argument for environmental controls is what they call negative externalities that that you that you pollute and uh, and you don't care that it lands on other people's property. I'm saying that the government is actually encouraging hyper production, hyper productivity, hyper consumption. It subsidizes everything through especially low interest rates and start with that tell the government to just stop subsidizing hyperactivity and you would reduce carbon emissions as people chose to spend more time at leisure than uh, pursuing marginal economic transactions so i'm happy to explain that further if anybody wants to hear it and take calls 800 wsb talk at monica perez show we were also talking about the sixth uh um, if you want to talk about the Ossoff handle race, that's great. There was a caller, Gary, had to hop. If you want to call back, Gary, I want to hear your six untruths about Ossoff. I think that should be interesting. But in the meanwhile, I'm going to go to Richard and Ackworth. Hi, Richard. You're on with Monica. Hey, just a couple of thoughts. Um, you know, you talk about um, this election being a re- uh, referendum on Trump and all that kind of stuff. It, as I recall, special elections generally don't have a whole lot of effect on the midterms. So I don't know that that's really going to play a part, although they're trying to make the case for that. I guess yes, that's the thing difference. that I, I I'm I think that the fact that they're spending 
more money here than anywhere else. One, I think that it comes to the symbolic importance of mm-hmm. it's Newt Gingrich's district. It's yep. the reddest of the red. I hate that it's called red because it's a commie color and CNN made red. <laughs> the Republican color makes me crazy. But it's a, the reddest of red. If they can, if they can flip it, they, regardless if it's even true. I mean, that's the thing. Regardless of it's... If it is a referendum on Trump, if it is uh, indicative of things to come, they will not stop driving that point home. It's all they will say. And that might make it reality in this propaganda world. And and the other part, you you know, when you listen to Trump, you have to be careful, because if you look at several things, uh, replace and repeal, um, building the wall, moving the embassy to Jerusalem, (laughs) and here it is on the Paris... Everything, if you read his art of the deal, everything you state the extreme and hope for something in the middle. And that actually, Binkley's always quoting me the art of the deal. So (laughs) my producer Binkley's here shaking his head. You can't trust anything he says. Nodding his head. Saying something to throw out there so he can make a deal with somebody. It's not just that, but it's that. I think he's very, people are trying to paint him like his enemies or whatever the mainstream media, I read in the Wall Street Journal all the time, as impulsive, irrational, emotional, all this kind of stuff that he tweets recklessly at three in the morning. I personally think that his statements, his promises, his tweets are highly uh, scrutinized, are really carefully oh, yeah. crafted so that he can do things like, I said I would pull out of the Paris court, and I did. I didn't say mm-hmm. I wouldn't replace it with something worse. You assumed yeah. that's what right. I meant, but that's not what I said. Right. I'm not saying that's how it's going to play out. I'm just saying he crafts stuff like like there's a, like a, like a lawyer would. Like, I learned how to do when I went to law school. Like, don't say that because it's not strictly true, but nobody will notice. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. You know, and I, and, I, and I think the other part of that is it, it, he's a... He, I don't think he is a policy person. I don't think policy matters to him. What do you mean he by that? To, what do you mean? He doesn't. He doesn't care about ideology or policy or whatever. He wants to be the winner that makes that deal. Whatever yeah. it takes, it doesn't matter. There's no principle involved. There's no nothing involved. I just want to be the person that makes that deal. That's absolutely. Uh, I agree with you. I, I think that there's always like deeper levels to what's going on. But when that's why I got annoyed when I saw his tweet that said, um, I have it written down here. He said, my job as president is to do everything within yeah. my power to give America a level playing field. And I he tweeted back because I know he <laughs> he checks my tweets every day. I tweeted back. No, it's not. It's to preserve, protect and defend the Constitution of the United States as per your oath of office. And if he had said, I'm pulling out of the Paris Accord because of I want to defend the Constitution, that's the law of the land. Let Congress pass pass laws if they want to about the EPA. And not to mention, I'm not going to cut you off, Richard. I want you to hang on, but I want to finish this thought, which is the, the first day of... I went, I went to Stanford Law School, very kind of liberal place, and, and the business school, too, which was also a liberal place. But when I showed up for the first day of admin law, administrative law, these people are little dorks, and they know the nuances of the law. And the, and the first thing the professor said is, I do not want to see everyone's hand come up to say administrative law is unconstitutional. It is. Right. It's with us. Forget it. It's unconstitutional because it's legislation made by the executive branch. So if Congress exactly. wants to regulate the air or whatever, they should pass laws. Instead, the EPA or whatever passes these regulations that have the force of law that are enforced. So so it doesn't matter. Uh, 
Well, see, the argument, the argument behind that that everybody makes is that, well, Congress has given them the authority to do that. Well, it's not Congress's place to give them the authority to do that. Yeah, it's a dereliction of duty. They abdicate yeah. their responsibility. To say this up-down thing on the treaties, don't forget they did that. They gave the president mm-hmm. up-down power over treaties going forward, which is absolutely unconstitutional. It's supposed oh, to yeah. be a supermajority. Because they don't want to do anything. They want to they get elected and sit there and make a bunch and, of money and make all these promises. And, and especially... The Republicans love to not oh, have the power. They love oh, yeah. to not have power because, look, with power comes accountability. They repealed Obamacare like 50 times or something when they didn't have the power to actually see it through. Now that they have the power, they're like, we didn't mm-hmm. mean it. Some of them even said that. We didn't mean it. It was symbolic. Right. So they get to pound the table from the back benches if, uh, and then they still get to say to Exxon or whoever is is padding their lifestyle, I'll vote. I'll vote with you. My vote counts just as much. I don't have to be in the majority to vote with you. Right, right. But see, and I think that's what's going to cost the midterms is they made all these promises and they get up there and it's like you said, well, we didn't mean it. Right. They don't want, well, I don't think they want the majority. Be, this, might be, this might be the time where some people say, well, I'm not sending him back. And then all you have is Democrats. Yeah. Like, then what? Isn't that scary? <laughs> then we're all, then we truly are, as Newsweek said the day after Obama got elected. We're all socialists yep. now. Yep. yep. You know, I mean, it's, it's the end of it. quite clever how they're doing this. Anyways, I know Paul you got a lot of callers. I could talk to you all day. I thanks, love your Richard, show, thanks. and I hate the fact that you get bumped by Georgia football, but hey. Oh, but people like football. Podcast. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm a huge Bama fan. I love college football, but I'd rather listen to you than Georgia football. Wow, that's, that is high praise indeed, Richard. I'm actually going to cut that out and send it to my boss. But uh, that, that's the bread and butter of the station. I'm happy to share. Thank you very much for your kind words. I am going to go to Jared in Kennesaw. Hi, Jared. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Ooh, you're cutting in and out, Jared. Can you get into oh, the right spot? Me? Yep, now I can. Okay. I wanted to uh, ask you what you think about the Bilderberg meeting that's going on right now in Washington. I think I saw the headline flash. Um, yeah, it's in D.C. I, I, about this specific meeting, I didn't dig in. It's obvious to me that the bill, you can even watch some of the real establishment guys, Dick Morris and... Um, well, yeah, a lot of... Uh, Trump's top officials are there. McMaster, um, I think one of his assistants on the Security Council. See, I think so. that stuff is actually, um, some people say it's against the law to have sitting government officials go to a kind of international body like that because what those people do is they really do set policy. Like, uh, there's... Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they did, they... they um, the Euro, they bragged about how they, how that was planned out at the Bilderberg. And there's a there's a document that Heidi Cruz uh, signed off on, and William Weld actually chaired the committee called Making a North American Union. And one of the things it says is, you want to establish an extra legislative, like an ex jury, whatever, outside the law body, and it quotes sites like the Bilderberg Group that will tell legislators what to do behind the scenes. This came out of, the, I think it was the Council of Foreign Relations, but Bill Weld, Heidi Cruz, all those people were in on it. They know, and there are these extra um, 
extra legal bodies, outside the law bodies, that tell our legislators what to do. That's what they are. That's what yeah, they're designed I, to be. I, I've also heard that some rumors are saying that Trump might even be going there. I don't know if that's true or not, but... Uh, well, I... I don't, you know, those the that level of detail, I do not know. I don't think they need him to go there. That would be kind of crazy. I'm sure he has, I mean, if he is connected to them, he has handlers. McMaster can handle it and just come back. Yeah. You got to parse this stuff out. And the less they know, the better these face jobs, you know, that <laughs> that's rude. I don't mean that. But if you have your figurehead, I think is what I meant. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, that always happens every year, so. I just yes. wanted to see what you had to say about it. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, people I've seen, people write me off because I acknowledge the Bilderbergers' power. But so do, like, Carl Rove and Dick Morris. Why, why don't you write, write, write them off? I mean, they admit that these people are powerful. They write it themselves. The Council of Foreign Relations, which Hillary Clinton called the mothership, said the Bilderberger Group is to tell legislators what to do in order to align laws with other countries. So, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> and, uh, Ron and Kent, you're up next. Oh, let me take a break, and uh, I'll be right back. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's 81 degrees and overcast outside the studio. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. We're talking about the Paris Climate Accord and kind of bouncing between that and talking about flipping the sixth. So, call me with whatever you want. 800-WSB-TALK, 404-872-0750. Or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Ron in Canton. Hey, Ron. Uh, how you doing? Okay, Monica. How are you? I'm good. What you got for me? Um, well, I've been listening to Rush Limbaugh a few days ago. And I don't think Trump uh, needs to be negotiating anything about that Paris Accord, because apparently there's a document, believe it or not, called the Treaty on Treaties. And if you try to negotiate anything with it, they could take it in a period of four years as tacit acceptance of the treaty. You know, I read a book called, a uh, great book called, Peace from the people who brought you Korea and Vietnam. It was oh, wonderful. It was really an interesting book. It was from um, like the fifties or the sixties. What I talk about is I noticed that um, in the in the mid twentieth century, when it, right after World War II, there were a lot of people who were speaking out against it, against what was happening. This guy was uh, Archibald Roberts. He was a lieutenant colonel, retired lieutenant colonel, um, and. He talks about the U.N. and how really it undermines the Constitution. And we didn't properly ratify it. Like, it's very interesting. But he said the longer you uh, you acknowledge that it's real, that it exists, that we are bound by it, then you kind of become effectively bound by it. That that silence is consent. It's like a, an, an ancient kind of an old... Uh, concept and that's kind of scary. I don't the treaty of treaties. It sounds familiar to me, but I agree. I mean, you, you, it's good. I get then that the point is that it's good that he renounced it. Uh, I've got one other comment about Donald Trump. Everything he's done so far has all been executive order. He doesn't seem to realize until he gets real legislation passed, he's not really doing anything. 
You know, uh, I was wondering if maybe that's on purpose, that maybe he's secretly working for the other side. Well, I don't know about that, but I would. He's got a lot of Democrats. Jared Kushner is a Democrat. Yeah, well, (laughs) (laughs) that's too dark. I know. I'm sorry, Ron. That was just too, too dark. Uh, But that's because I always think that there's too much at stake for big, big money guys to let some guy learn as he goes. But call me about it. 800-WSB-TALK or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.